We're back here for part two of our conversation on our good money habits holding you back, where we question the impact of common financial habits on this week's edition of Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. Becoming a millionaire isn't just about growing your money. It's also about protecting and preserving your wealth by using the right financial strategies for your situation. Welcome. This is Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. John has his Master's of Science in Financial Services and is a certified financial planner and the president of Epiphany Capital. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast this week as we're wrapping up our two-parter with John on our good money habits holding us back. We went through one through five on the prior podcast, and if you haven't checked that out, you don't have to to enjoy this one, but it's certainly not a bad idea, and you can find it at johnchoy.net. That's johnchoy.net, or just type in Middle Class Millionaire in the search box of Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. You can find it that way as well. So we're going to pick it up from six through ten this week on the podcast with John. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Good. How are you, Mark? I'm hanging in there, buddy. We are into late January here already. Uh, the year is going to It just, uh, you know, I think I might have said this on here before. I can't remember, but uh, I, I think it's the funniest analogy about time. It says time is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I mean, when my daughter comes home every semester she comes home from college uh like when she came home after her freshman year i said hey you're 25 percent done with your college career how does that feel she's like oh my gosh they went so fast and i said you know what it only gets faster i said i yep. don't remember my senior year it was a blur yeah. it wasn't because of the all, all, all the uh the drugs and the alcohol either <laughs> Get out of here yeah. <laughs> I, I did i did, and i didn't do any drugs and alcohol exactly either. exactly so, that's a good one uh, it does fly by, man. It does fly by. That's for sure. Well, like I said, you know, we're into the second week in January here, so uh, you know, the still, it's still the new year. We're still thinking about things, uh, you know, trying to get some good habits into place, and that's what we're talking about is good habits. But maybe being careful that we are that they're not necessarily holding us back. So we'll continue on with the way we were breaking this down from the prior episode. We'll start with number six here: paying off debt early. John clearly sounds like a good idea, right? Reduces long-term interest payments, provides that lovely mental boost, right? When you pay something off, you go, yeah, that felt yeah. good, right? Uh, yeah. But, you know, there, there could be ways to think. It sounds weird, but it, it could make sense sometimes not to always pay off your debt early, depending on what it is and, of course, you know, interest rates and things of that nature. Depends on which financial guru you're talking to, okay? Mm, okay. So All right. um, there are some financial folks that say avoid debt like the plague. They were asked, Hey, if you got a 0%, if you could borrow a billion dollars at 0%, would you take the loan? And, and the assumption was that they could take this billion dollars and put it into uh, like government bonds, which are guaranteed, mm -hmm. and they would make all this money on the billion bucks. And when it matured, they would pay, pay back the, the, the principal of the loan. And he goes, no, I wouldn't. And I'm like, mm, this is more of a behavioral thing. This is actually, it's all behavioral. If you ask me that question, I would say, could I borrow $2 billion? Or could I borrow all of it? Could I borrow a trillion? Because I would want to do that. Uh, if I'm paying zero interest, I'm gaining, I don't know, 4% from, from government bonds. I do it all day long. So the, uh, the analogy in real life is, should I pay off the house mortgage? Right, That's the big thing. Should I pay off the mortgage? 
because I got this extra cash. Right. And I say, okay, well, if your extra money market cash right now is giving you, let's call it 5%. Sure. Um, and your mortgage is at 2.75, why would mm. you do that? Yeah, you're making money, right? You're making money, right. And what if you're making 7 you're making or 8% in some other kind of investment? So, Thank you. But here's the thing. It's all behavioral. So some people say, look, I hate that. Yeah. I, my, yeah. my parents or my grandparents were were uh, children of the Great Depression, we or I grew up in the Great Depression. If I don't owe anybody a nickel, that's what I want. And I said, okay, there's no right answer for somebody. I can prove to you mathematically what would be the right answer, but it's that doesn't mean anything unless you're a robot, okay? And none of us are robots. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So, yeah, and so that's all behavioral. And that's the, that's the tough part, right? And so... And this is where it's like, okay, look, get that information, figure that out, and then at least you have it. Then you could sit, there, sit simply look at John and say, yep, all right, thanks for explaining that to me. I get that I could make 7% over here uh, and yeah. my mortgage is 3 but I will sleep better if I just pay it. Okay, cool. Perfect. It's your money. Perfect. Right. Exactly. But I, exactly. Did, I did my diligence as a CFP, and I showed you the, you know, the route that you might want to consider you know, to make your money work a little bit more for you. But that's totally fine. Perfect. Yep. 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 All right. Uh, number seven, staying informed by watching and reading financial news or listening to podcasts. Uh, but, uh, you know, clearly it's education. Financial education is important. We do a bad job in this country when we're growing up uh, learning things in school. So learning more stuff is not a bad idea. But we also live in an age where disinformation runs just as hot as information. And it doesn't have to be political, right? It can be about just a dang near any topic anymore. People just, you know, just throw everything out there. So you also got to be a little careful not to get bogged down. You got to know which program is a financial attainment program or, you know, more of a oh, regurgitation. Like of fi- fino- yeah. Finotainment. <laughs> yeah, financial attainment. That's, um, that would be like a, a dr- Jim Cramer, yeah. right? I mean, even if you have the volume down, like his hair and the way he acts. I mean, smashing coffee movement. cups doesn't really actually affect uh, the market. It's funny. It's entertainment. It is. It is. Um, and you you touch. I'm going to go off a little bit down a rabbit hole. You go for uh, it. touched on a financial education and how bad the country does. I just read uh, hours ago of a bill in the House that requires financial literacy for dependents of the military. So when the military have kids, right, folks in the military, and I know your your daughter's in the military, yes, sir. Um, so if she were to have kids and let's say she lived on base or she lived at wherever, those schools would be required to teach financial literacy. And I'm like, man, that's a great well, that's bill. cool. That's a great thing, right? And hopefully it'll catch on mainstream. So yeah, anyway, right, just right. going kind of down that rabbit hole. But yeah, you know, some news programs are worth something and others are just total garbage Mm -hmm. um so you gotta you gotta put your filter on i mean we went from zero information to to way too much information oh yeah and now you got to filter that out so it's like you know we're talking to somebody that uh trying to get a conversation and uh you're trying to get the truth out of them and they don't say anything and then finally they break right and they tell you all sorts of things all contradictory things. They say, yeah, I was over here, but then on that date, I was over there. And it's like, I don't know what's worse. Like, my brain hurts trying to filter out bad information, right? Mm-hmm. So please do your homework. Talk to a certified financial professional. Talk to people that have a good reputation. 
and uh, talk to people with some designations, please. Yeah. Um, when, yeah. when you're getting your financial advice, you know, and and podcasts and, and YouTube channels and, and various things, a lot of that stuff has taken off because if you think about the big talking heads, like you, we mentioned Kramer, just as an example, uh, versus someone like yourself or whatever the case is, big difference is is you're actively you're actively helping clients on a regular basis. You have an active license. You're actually in you know got skin in the game, so to speak. You're out there doing it. Where a lot of the bigger talking heads, they they haven't you know. If they did at one time have a license and they're working with clients one-on-one, they're no longer doing that. They haven't done that for a very long time. So the advice also gets a little skewed too, right? And which is yeah. why we try to keep things very generalized. And we try to dive in a little bit here and there. But ultimately, it's taking that those universal things that apply to all of us, like paying off debt early, like we just talked about, and then coming in and talking with someone specifically in your area saying, okay, here's my X, Y, and Z. How do I make it work, right? Mark, there is a guy... Um on I think he's on TikTok and then he takes his videos and puts it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. His name's I'm not gonna give you his name. That's his fine. name starts his his last name start starts with B. Okay? okay. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Uh because I'm gonna come back to this episode. I'm gonna tell you this guy's gonna get popped and he's gonna go to jail. Mm. Uh he's he might serve some prison time, but he's gonna get popped. He's gonna get barred from the industry and he's gonna lose his license. The stuff that he says, it's it's downright criminal. Mm, and here's dangerous the, here's for folks to follow that advice. Well, no, it, it's it's an outright lie. Oh, it's an okay. outright lie. Okay. Yeah. And now I don't know. Well, I'm pretty sure that he kind of knows that it's a lie, but he's trying to like sneak it in. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Here's the crazy part of it. Some episodes he's telling the absolute 100% truth mm. and it's great. But other episodes he's embellishing no, too much. It's it's not it, it goes way beyond it. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. It, it's it's like me saying I I doing I things played for, in the well it, it, I played in the NBA right? right when I when I barely made my junior high basketball. <laughs> That, that's that's a stretch, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and we see all that stuff for clicks and views, right? It's like oh, you'll see some headline and then or whatever, and it's barely has anything to do with really the meat of the actual story, but it got you to click on it, you know. So well, the dude's a producer, so he's gonna get popped. I I, I know if I saw that, I was a regulator. I'm I'm knocking on his door. Well, I got you. Well, that's not good. All right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the next one then. So uh, global diversification number eight. On good habits, well, this, hey, it spreads out the risk. You can capture growth in different economies. Sounds like a good thing, but I would imagine that also opens the door for more risk, yeah? Yeah, but more, you know, depending on how you structure it in the portfolio, more risk doesn't mean more risk for the entire portfolio. That's This is why Harry Markowitz won the uh, Nobel Prize. He said that you can put in assets that are riskier, uh, like foreign markets, into the portfolio, but it would reduce the overall risk of the portfolio. You're like, what? How does something risky diversify, uh, lower the risk of the overall portfolio? Ah, because it moves in an opposite direction, uh, either low correlation or negative correlation. Now I'm getting a little geeky, but <laughs> you know, riskier investments doesn't necessarily mean your overall portfolio is going to get higher risk. It could lower it. So, do I personally like? to mix in foreign investments into the portfolio, I think there's a place for it. You don't want to go, you know, buck wild. You don't want to get crazy with it. Again, balance. Yeah. Balance. 
Definitely. That's the key. <laughs> How do you like your finance? Geeky. With a little bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> with, yeah. <laughs> I'm an academic. Yeah, so. that's all right. You know, I can get that. geeky. That's nothing wrong with that. That's good. That's where you get the information. But you also keep it, you also bring it down and keep it at levels that people can understand. And, and that's, a, that's a talent and a skill in and of itself because, you know, just like any industry, right, there's always going to be jargon. There's always going to be the more uh, nuts and bolts stuff. And some people dig that and they crave it. And others are like, ah, just give it to me at that, you know, that uh, consumable level where I, I, I'm yeah. ready registering it and that way i can be effective with it so nothing wrong with that at all uh number nine consistently building an emergency fund uh hey nothing wrong with building up that emergency fund and certainly times can go to prove that that's going to be necessary but at some point right it becomes like okay we got a we got a whole bunch of money sitting here what's it doing for us because you know even with the interest rates improving and have finding some better rates out there right this minute your savings account really isn't so if you're sitting on a hundred grand because you think you're going to need that emergency fund, I would probably challenge you to say, what kind of uh, emergency are you going to have that's like $100,000? Yeah, the CFP board says or recommends um, three months of emergency funds for if you have two sources of income. So like in my household, it would be my salary and my wife's salary, right? So two sources of income. Um, and it recommends six uh, months of emergency funds, which is six months of your monthly expenses. If you only have uh, one source of income, so that that would be the stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, and the other spouse works, or a single person. Now, you can go overboard. There was a client that I had, and I said, why do you have $250,000 of cash in the money market? And she goes, she calls it her cozy. That was her comfort blanket. That was, she goes, anything below two fifty, I kind of can't sleep at night. Okay. And I'm like, really? 250000 Two fifty was her number. She goes, "That's wow. my number," and I'm like, "You spend your annual expenses are like fifty thousand." She goes, "I know," but she goes, "She goes, I know. It's in my head. It's behavior." She goes, "She didn't say it's behavioral." But right. She's like, "I know, I know. It's me." And I said, "You know, you could do this and that." She goes, "I know, I know." <laughs> so again, this is like our debt conversation, right? Right. It's it's all behavioral, and in as much as us financial advisors try to bring this to the table and we try to nudge and we try to educate and which there are some things that we won't be able to change. And at the end of the day, we have to say, you know what? It's your money. Yeah. It's your life. Yeah. You're not God the money bless. police. And right. Yeah. And, and let's work on the other parts of, of your financial plan. And, you know, and, and was she single or married? She's married. Yeah. And so that's an interesting conversation too, right? Because one party tends to be okay with, Less and the one one might say, "Well, I need more to sleep better at night, right?" So then you really have that dichotomy going on. So that makes for yeah. an interesting challenge. Yeah, and very rarely will I see a husband and wife couples kind of be both aggressive investors or both be conservative. <laughs> right. One is usually a little bit more conservative than the other, and obviously, then the other one's a little. One's bit more a little bit country. So. One's a little bit rock and roll. So there you go. <laughs> and guess who always wins? Uh, hmm. I'm not gonna say. I, I, I'm just. I'm not gonna give you the answer. I'm but not gonna so, say. There's think, a. There's a spouse that always wins. Okay. Yeah. Well, happy spouse, happy house. So there you go. There you go. All right. Number ten. Final one here on uh, good habits. Patience again is making a comeback. Uh, making financial decisions and building a plan. Nothing wrong again with doing your homework and and not being impulsive. But again, it's it's very similar to the conversation before about patience on the stock market. But procrastination can eventually get you to just do zero, right? 
And the numbers are pretty staggering about the amount of people who don't work with a financial professional that probably should. And again, a written plan and a, and a strategy could really go a long way to solving some of these other problems and helping you feel better about your entire situation, feel more confident, feel more secure, so on and so forth. Yeah, I let the cat out of the bag a little early in, the, in last week's episode uh, when I said long-term patience, short-term urgency. So again, that I'm going to say that again, long-term patience, get rich slow, right? But do something every single day, right? Urgency. You've, you've got to build it. You've got to invest. You've got to move forward. You got It's that mindset of waking up in the morning and just boom, getting your stuff done, right? So yeah, exactly. Um, it, <laughs> yeah and you know so my my kids are starting to understand that but like as teen well, I have teenage kids it was kind of really really tough when they were in junior high and early teenage years but they see their mom and dad working pretty consistently so I I'm hoping to be a good example for them but for the for the market you say I'll think about it I, I I'll think about opening an IRA I'll think about opening my up my 401k well thankfully now if you start your own job it's I believe it's a lot automatic en- enrollment in a lot of these companies it's like boom you're getting into a 401k unless you opt out of it yeah you can opt out of it but unless you opt out you're in and and i like that it, it's it's a good thing it's actually you know you're lowering that barrier but please i mean the whole thing is to get started here's what i say when someone says when should i start investing i said you should start investing you should act as if you were a voter in chicago Early and often, okay. Early and often. That's how we Chicagoans vote. That's how much you should. That's how you should save. Early and often. There you got go, it? folks. There you got it. All right. So that's going to be our podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out and tuning in here as we talk about the various topics from week to week. Uh, we do a couple of these a month. So again, if you'd like to, you know, hear the new content when it comes out, subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, uh, and YouTube platforms. Type in "middle class millionaire." You can find it that way, or just stop by John's website and get some time on his calendar as well to talk through your situation at johnchoy.net. That's johnchoy.net. He is a certified financial planner and an instructor as well for uh, the CFP program and president at Epiphany Capital. John, my friend, thanks for hanging out, brother. Mark, it's always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Absolutely. It's always a good time talking with you. Always have fun. And we'll see you next time here on Middle Class Millionaire with John Choi. All right. Take care, folks. Epiphany Capital is a registered investment advisor, RIA, located in the state of Illinois. Epiphany Capital provides investment advisory and related services for clients nationally. Epiphany Capital will maintain all applicable registration and licenses as required by various states in which Epiphany Capital conducts business, as applicable. Epiphany Capital renders individualized responses to persons in a particular state only after complying with all regulatory requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption or exclusion.